Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitri, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. All right, fam. So today we will be discussing sexuality and double standards. Sexuality is sexual feelings, thoughts, attractions, and behaviors towards other people. Sexuality is diverse and personal, and it can be broken down into five different components, such as sensuality, intimacy, identity, behavior, and reproduction and sexualization. Sexuality is not about who you have sex with or even how you have it, and it can change over time. You can find other people physically, sexually, or emotionally attractive, and all of those things are a part of your sexuality. Double standards is a rule or principle which is unfairly applied in different ways to different people or groups. Awesome. Thank you for that, friend. So let's dive right in. So, you know, talking about sexuality, you know, how was it introduced to you regarding education on the topic? And and what are your thoughts on sexuality and, and its place in, in society? Uh, this is a loaded question. I was just going to say that is quite a loaded question, but we'll make it work. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. So um, how was sexuality introduced to me regarding education on the topic? Um, I hear a lot of people talking about how they had like a sex ed class and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I never had that. I did not have sex ed classes. And I mm. don't know if that was because I was in gifted and so they just had a lot more work for us to do and they wasn't really they weren't really trying to give that to mm-hmm. us, you know, kind of thing. Um mm-hmm. but I have no idea to be honest because yeah. So education wise, um, school wise it was never really discussed with me in a school setting, actually not until mm-hmm. college, not until I went to USF. Um, in my first summer, I was in um, a summer program with USF before, you know, starting with the official school year, so to speak. And uh, we did have m- multiple conversations about sex because of mm-hmm. likelihood of being raped, because of likelihood, just all, all of the sexual harassment, abuse, all of those things are really important to highlight. And that's where, mm-hmm. I guess, a real education setting, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, that was that. Um, as far as it being introduced to me in like home life kind of thing, uh, I don't, I really didn't have conversations with my parents about sex. The one conversation I remember my mom saying was she called me and my sister to the room and she was like, don't kiss or you going to have kids. Yes, Miss Raquel. Miss Raquel said we're not even going to first base. All of this stuff is we ain't doing that. Yes, no, literally, (laughs) it was literally like me and my sister in our room. My mom was like, my dear Riani, and we come over and we peek ahead in the door. She was like, sitting in her bed, probably eating some little chips, drinking a Pepsi, and was like. Don't kiss or you're gonna have kids. And we were like, okay. And that was the end. That was all we needed. That was that was it. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. 
Outside of that, I was having conversations with my older aunt. She's like six years older than me. So she was like a sister to me, uh, older sister. And so we would actually talk about it. And so there's been this thing passed down of, I, I know with between me, her, and you know, my sister, it's always been just kind of a, if you did have sex, come and tell me so we can help you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you could be safe. That's always been mm-hmm. a thing. Um, all right. What are your thoughts on sexuality and its place in society? Honestly, y'all, I really don't have many thoughts with sexuality besides just be free and just go ahead and mind your mm-hmm. business. Be free, be safe, and do what you do. I just really feel like we put so much pressure on sexuality to the point where it doesn't really allow people the freedom to find out what their sexuality actually looks like. And so Amen. then by the time, you know, you start exploring things with people, it's you feel uncomfortable. You feel like you're quote unquote um out of range, like you don't know what you're doing and mm-hmm. that, oh my God, this other person is more experienced than me and all of this stuff. And it's like remove the pressures. Like there are going to be things for you that are a go and there are going to be things for you that are not. Mm-hmm. And that may that will change over time. I was going to say it may change. It will. Like, you know, there are times where you're like, oh, yeah, that was a hell no for me a few years ago. And now it's not. So the its place in society, I think we I think society uses sexuality as a way to group people and to ostracize and to marginalize. And we create this space around how sexuality is bad through the way that we are emotional, through the way that we physically look and dress and so forth, you know? And I think this is a, plays a huge role in like when we see a woman walking down the street and she has a, maybe a mini skirt and a crop top, now what? Now she a hoe because how she dress? No. Sis mm-hmm. was cute. Like, what you mean? <laughs> you right, know, like, right. <laughs> and I think same thing, you know, if we are seeing men probably with a tight shirt and some chubbies on, like some short short, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, well, he got that on. That's too tight. Or that's mm-hmm. not nasty. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. He looked good. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. I think just, I'll stop rambling, but that's just where I think that sexuality's role in society is. And I, I just think it is conforming based and mm-hmm. group think based. And I am very discontent with that. Yeah, definitely. What what sticks out to me is catalyst for discrimination. I feel like that's what how society, um, you know, that's how sexuality is inserted into, mm-hmm. you know, um, our overall, I guess, society as a whole. <laughs> but right. um, you know, you know, ultimately, um, let's see, sexuality was introduced to me, um. I actually had a sex education class in the fifth grade. I was nine. And these people came to the school and they gave us these pamphlets. And it was really all about, you know, what our body parts were, you know, um, talking about the reproduction and all of that. Um you know, going through puberty, what that could look like, all these diagrams. And then that was it. And yeah. okay. Then the next time I had, you know, then we had health in high school, but that's more on the medical side of it saying, oh, okay, here are all these diseases, 
that you can get <laughs> if you have sex. So first, here goes your reproductive organs, nine-year-old. And then go to high school. If you have sex, you could get all of these things. And you can get pregnant. And, you know, so I just felt like, you know, as far as actually learning about sexuality and what it was, it was through, you know, conversations and, you know, sharing experiences with friends. And then also, you know, then attending, you know, higher um, education institutions that actually gave you the knowledge that you need to truly understand sexuality. Um, but I feel like, you know, with you, you know, um, like I said before, like it's place in society is, it, it almost feels like a catalyst for discrimination because, you know, everyone's trying to fit into certain boxes when all in all it's about sexuality is, is, it's on a spectrum. It's all about self-discovery and, and, you know, engaging in things that you enjoy, you know, not necessarily what you feel like you should enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, I feel like there's just so many different views on sexuality. Some people feel like, you know, sex is only for reproduction. Then some people feel like, you know, you know, sex is, is all about pleasure and, you know, sexuality means so many more things than that. Um, because I can be emotionally attracted to you, but not physically or sexually attracted to you. But that's still a part mm-hmm. of my sexuality, like Rade was saying earlier. Or I can be physically attracted to you and not emotionally attracted to you. So it's on a spectrum. So just understanding that, you know, it's all about knowing yourself and being comfortable with yourself outside of what, you know, template or boxes that, you know, society tries to place us in. Agreed. 1000%. While we're here, I have a question for you. But first, I want to give a recommendation. I watched this docuseries on Netflix. It's called The Principles of Pleasure. And I think that it is amazing. I think that is a groundbreaking docuseries that Mm -hmm. I think everyone should watch. Men and women alike. Um, and everybody in between and so forth. Like, I just feel like, yes, please, please, please watch it because they touch on some amazing pieces of sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. and it can be a little bit explicit in the fact that they do talk about toys and different things like that. But still, I think that this is something that we have to normalize it because within our society, it's very hidden and behind closed doors and this is hush hush Mm -hmm. and we don't talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. granted, I think there's a time and a place to be talking about sex, right? We have to be addressing appropriateness. Um, but still in the same respect is recognizing that it's a part of who we are. Sexuality is human (laughs) and we're just going to be a part of that. Um, so with that being said, I was thinking here, friend, what do you think about when do you think kids should actually start learning about sexuality? Friend, you get on my nerves. So <laughs> tell me why that was in my head. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know what? We keep it really 100. To be honest with you, um, I don't know, honestly, um, because I feel that there's different aspects that goes into making this decision. I feel like one, is your child old enough to understand what it is that you're about to teach them? And also, you know, feeling like you might have to have these conversations sooner because of all of this access to it on social media and, you know, those different platforms. Um, To me, I feel like growing up, there were certain things 
that you wouldn't talk to a child about depending on their age. And I still feel like some of that applies, but I feel that ultimately, you know, you should be having, you know, those type of conversations with your children when they're old enough to understand it. So more likely, you know, in my opinion, adolescent preteen area. Um, and I'm not saying get all into the, 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 the weeds of it, but just introducing what it is and having that introduction conversation kind of sets the tone so that when more questions come up later, then mm-hmm. they can kind of then be expand on that foundation. And that way you can kind of gauge, you know, where, what direction to go in. And then also um, the context in which you should explain that information to ultimately a minor. Hmm. Okay. I agree. I, when I think about sexuality, though, as we've been talking about it through through the episode, I think about it in so many layers, and I don't just view it as sex. And so, right, right. I really do think that from being a toddler, if I'm being completely honest, first of all, it's important that we don't quote unquote baby talk our babies <laughs> anyway. So from like <laughs> toddler years, right? I think it's important that we're introducing sexuality by what things are, right? Mm-hmm. We're not having, we can call things your private, right? But also what is that? <laughs> and mm-hmm. why is it not okay? And, you know, or, or being able to tell your child, you know, you do not allow people to touch you there yet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Um, Or explaining what parts of your body are and things like that. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. And so that they understand what those parts of their body are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mm-hmm. these are multiple conversations over time based on age, right. based on mm-hmm. understanding, um, mm-hmm. and based on different concepts that will be playing a role. By the age of four and five, kids are already exploring their different their genitals, ultimately, because mm-hmm. it feels good. And so... Mm-hmm. It's not that they are already going into this very sexual nature of, mm-hmm. oh, I want to have sex, right? They are literally just exploring their body. I want you guys to think of this the same thing as when a baby is born in around, I don't know, three to six months, they recognize that they have toes, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. Think of it as that concept. They realize they got a new body part. And mm-hmm. so it's about saying, okay, well, here's what that is. And in a way that they can understand, of course, of course. Right. And so forth. And you continue, like Demetrius was saying, you continue to grow on that as they get older. They're they're going through different stages of their life. They're going through transitional periods, puberty, all of these moments. And Mm -hmm. these conversations definitely make a difference. Mm -hmm. They definitely make a difference. Um, And so I think it's important that we're mindful of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're going to say anything else here? No. Okay. So, <laughs> no problem. So, what are some double standards that you've come across or experienced in your lifetime when it comes to sexuality? Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm I'm going straight there. Um, you know, one one of the things that bothers me, and you know, there's a lot of men that are going to be like, no, man, no, why would, you know, I don't agree with that, but it is what it is. Um, But I just feel like, you know, the double standard comes to, you know, that men can have however many sexual partners as they want and still be qualified as a um, 
as a as a man or you know marriage material but mm-hmm. depending on how many um sexual partners a woman has had somehow waters down or lessens their you know um their their marriage status or their level mm-hmm. of being marriage ready or actually being still seen as a woman and i just i don't like that one i feel like at the end of the day what we do in our Thank past you. before we meet each other you know sex you know as far as sexual partners it is what it is but we're here together now so why does it matter who i've had sex with before you you know, as long as, you know, we've had this open conversations, we're being safe and we know, you know, our status and all of that stuff, then I feel mm-hmm. like ultimately that is a healthy way to approach the situation versus saying, oh, well, you know, you don't had a total, you know, you're 35 and you don't had a total of, you know, five sexual partners. So we can't be together. You know what I'm saying? When all in all, <laughs> your ass sitting over here with 32. Mm-hmm. But, you know. That's the one that kind of sticks out to me the most. It kind of annoys me a lot because, you know, it's almost like you're 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 degrading, not to say degrading, but you're almost like watering down people and who they are because of how many sexual partners they had. You know, mm-hmm. and everybody experiences different level of 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 sexuality and some have, you know, a, a higher libido than others. And, you know, it, it's not just black and white. And I feel like, you know, so much of of Everything in 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 our society is so black and white. When the reality of the situation is, is that none of this shit is black and white. There's too many right. variables for it to be black and white. One thousand percent agree. What about you? Um. Okay. So I have a couple. So for for me, I've noticed the double standard um, across the board and with experiences that. When it comes to sexuality of uh, being emotional, things like that, um, that women have to be the ones that listen all the time, while men are the ones that lead all the time. Mm. So the submissive versus leader thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. When, granted, I I really feel like submission must exist uh, across the board, you know, for both people, a healthy submission. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing when to follow, knowing when to leave, whatever. Um, yeah. clothing double standard. I, we've kind of talked about this. I think we touched oh, yes. on it in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like Dimitri was saying, this double standard with um sexuality and it's just how many partners you can have. I think that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this kind of came up where in, in some previous conversations that I had with some peers of how. It is normalized for men to be, quote unquote, sex addicts. But when a woman is found out to be a sex addict, it's like, whoa, what do you mean? She what? She's not supposed to like sex that much. But then it's very interesting that then men can get in that same relationship with that woman and be like, oh, but I want to freak in the sheets. Right. Like, okay, just decide. Or you want to bring somebody in for a little fun. But yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so those, um, something that we've discussed before were, uh, is, um, the bisexuality and homosexuality standard of men can't really be those and men can't really mm-hmm. be bisexual without just being homosexual or without just being gay period. Right. Exactly. Um, and that, uh, if you invite someone to the bedroom in a heterosexual relationship, it always has to be another woman because women should be able to be attracted to other women. 
Oh, that's a good um, one right there. Yeah, there's <laughs> that one. Or for instance, for instance, I have I feel like this should be normalized a lot more. But if I see a woman walking down the street, I'm not I'm not homosexual. I'm not bisexual, right? I'm mm-hmm. straight. But if I see a woman walking down the street and she's attractive, I'm be like, she is fine. Like, girl, right. yes, come through, right? And I'm right. also expecting my man to look. The other side mm-hmm. of this is I'm really hoping that if a man walks by and he is fine, that I could be like, he is fine. And I'm hoping, right, that <laughs> my partner can also be like, yeah, he's actually a handsome man. Like, shit. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not going to hurt anything. Like, okay, but whatever. Right. I'm getting off my soapbox with that. All right. Some more of it. Listen, friend, is you can emotion- stay on your, on your soapbox as long as you like, friend. <laughs> the, okay, the emotional sensitivity piece. Um, just like how we talked about in our last episode, another Denver standard was sexuality. Um, and something I, the society has built this ideal and ultimately this, the way that we move and navigate is by men being able to commune with other men through commonalities while Mm -hmm. women are able to commune with other women based off of emotional connection and value-based ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a double standard that starts to enter um, relationships in particular, because we start to have this idea of we don't connect or the only person I can connect with emotionally with you if I'm a man is you because right. you're the person I chose. But you being a woman, you can connect with anyone. And mm-hmm. it's like, no. All right. Those yeah. are all of my my stereotypes and double standards. Real I mean. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it is... Um... That's the reality of the situation. You made some really good points. Like those are some of some real prevalent, you know, double standards that are, you know, out in the community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately it's just back to that whole putting people into boxes. Yeah. You know, and or, you know, that whole um do as I say, not as I do thing. Mm-hmm. Just the adult version. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. That's all I got well, on that one. Okay, well, then we're moving on to our Therapist Hats Off segment. Dimitri, do you have the first question? I do. So first question is, me and my best friend have been friends for the past five years, and I sometimes feel myself attracted to him sometimes. I consider myself straight, but I can't act like the feelings aren't there. Does this mean I'm gay? Ciao. Listen, listen, we're not oh. laughing at you. We're not laughing at you. We are laughing with you because this, you are not the only one who has experienced this, but society's going to tell you that you're gay as hell, but that's not the reality of the situation. But I'm going to let Rodney go ahead and give her her input on this one. I want to be petty and be like, listener, I am laughing at you, but anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel like this is a question that a lot of people ask themselves. And which is why right. Demetrius is like, we're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you. Like, I am. I'm, and only because of the fact that, like, sexuality is on a spectrum. Correct. A spectrum. Okay? You don't have to have a name for it. You could just be fluid if you want to put a name, right? You could be in a position where if I'm attracted to you emotionally, then I'm noticing other um, you know, areas of attraction existing now. And that's mm-hmm. also okay. 
Like you don't have to figure out if you're gay. And I'm not sure. Well, I am sure why this question is stumping you so much because now it's like, oh shoot, this is new. If you want to mm-hmm. explore it, explore it. If you don't, right. don't. But make the decision for yourself and be intentional about understanding too how this may impact your friendship with your best friend if you are not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I have seen this multiple times. I have had sessions with with clients about all of these things. And I think that a huge piece that I see as a common denominator more than not is recognizing that just because you are a man and you're noticing emotional vulnerability with a friend, it doesn't mean that now all of a sudden you have a sexual attraction to them and that you're gay. This is literally just what I was talking about. Just because you're not just bonding with them over hobbies, commonalities, things like that, and you guys have an actual Mm -hmm. emotional connection, you can have a soulmate Mm -hmm. that's a friend. I do. Mm -hmm. And our emotional connection is just as deep. And let me not say it like that, but it's just as deep as that with my partner. Mm -hmm. It, It looks different. But it's just as deep as that with my partner, except the attraction is not there. I think my best friend is beautiful, but Mm -hmm. sexually, right? And relationship wise, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't exist. That that doesn't work. So just just because you can develop that emotional um, vulnerability and connection with the person, it does not just mean that, oh, now I must be wanting to be with the opposite or the same sex or whatever. Stop putting the barriers on yourself and just explore it. Maybe for you, it's not even that. Or maybe it is. Maybe you are sexually attracted and maybe you do want a relationship. See how that goes too. Mm-hmm. But don't close Great yourself off friend. to just, I'm gay. Like, right. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Like, <clears throat> Rodney hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, short answer. No, it does not mean that you're gay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. Let me rephrase that. But, you know, I feel like, you know, Rodney made a good point. Like, what does this attraction look like? Because attraction looks like many different things. You have physical attraction, sexual attraction, emotional attraction. You know, what type of attraction are you experiencing with your best friend? And then you take it a step further. Is this something that you want to act on? Or is it just, you know, something that you just want to figure out for yourself? Um, Meaning that it may not require you to tell him what you're feeling as far as attraction, because it could be just an emotional connection. And, you know, when you have an emotional connection with someone, you feel all those warm and fuzzies that you would feel in, you know, a situation. It may not be romantic, but you still get that warm and fuzzy feeling when you have an emotional connection with someone. And, you know, ultimately we're programmed that, you know, men are not supposed to be, well, one, express emotion. And then on the other side of that, if they do express emotion, it should be with the woman. It shouldn't be with another man. When the reality of the situation is, is that emotional connections happen from our human to human and have nothing to do with bio, gender, et cetera. It's just connecting with someone on a human level from an emotional perspective. Um, you know, but it sounds mm-hmm. like there's some self-reflection that's needed. Um, and really just to understand when you say you're attracted, what does that actually mean? And then from there, figuring out, you know, now that you know what it means, do you want to act on it? Where do you go from there? And I feel, you know, like Rade said, make sure that you're ready to to go through that door if that's something that you want to explore. But, you know, don't necessarily put that label on yourself without having enough information. Right. Okay. There's that. All right. So here's the next question. (laughs) 
I'm bisexual and I am dating a woman that I really like, but I'm afraid to tell her because I don't think she will accept it. How can I go about this? Um, I'm sorry, friend. Do you, was this question from a man or a woman? It didn't say. Okay. It was just written I, just like that. So I'm like, okay. Um, but it sounds like it almost like it's a man, but I don't want to assume. How, yeah, I don't want to assume. But, you know, on either side of it, um, you know, that's another double standard that, you know, um, that women can have quote unquote experimented or had, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, sex with other women and it's susceptible, you know, by a man and they continue with their relationship. But most most often when men say that they've had, you know, sexual experiences with other men, then women tend to run in the, the opposite direction. Um so I hate it. Yeah, not only is that a double standard, but, you know, ultimately, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm going to say this because I know you say you really like her. um, But ultimately, you want to be with someone who accepts you fully for who you Mm -hmm. are as a person, your values, your sexuality, all of that. And if you walk into a situation and you don't feel like, you know, you can share that information with that person or you feel or that person ultimately decides to walk away or they don't accept it, then that's not really the right person for you in the long run. Or even if they say, oh, whatever, um, but they don't actually accept it, then the relationship is going to crumble anyway. You know what I mean? So... That's to me, I feel like just put it out on the table. I'd be honestly, there's really no to me, in my opinion, I feel like there's really no other way to say it than I'm bisexual. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Or do you have and then you know, open it up. Like, you know, sometimes people don't have a, a full understanding of what that means. That means so, yeah. you know, explain what that means for you. Explain what and, and if they want to, you know, know some of your experiences or what that looks like, share it with them. Be open with them about it. Because mm-hmm. if they're asking questions about it, then that means they're trying to understand. Now, right. if they just say, oh, no, oh, we ain't, I don't do that. I don't get down like that. Then j- go ahead and, and hold the door open for them. As they walk out to the door, you go find somebody who's going to accept you for who you are. And that's all I got to Facts. say about that. Facts. Y'all can't see me, but I really just rolled my eyes because. <laughs> she did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I agree 1000% with you, Demetri, retweet, because ultimately, I mean, well, first of all, what I will say for this woman, I, I noticed this with a lot of women that immediately the, we not, I don't do that. And I don't agree with that and all of that stuff. A lot of it is fear around, are you about to leave me for a man? Because I can't compete with mm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the fear. If, if girlfriend is looking at or listening to this podcast, if that's the fear, when you hear this down the line, um, check that fear because mm-hmm. that is about security and trust within your relationship. But ultimately, look, I have really nothing else to add to this. Just tell them, tell her and and move on. Because Mm -hmm. I really just don't think that this deserves to be a disruption in a healthy relationship. Like, why is who I'm attracted to a problem for you? But even though I'm with you, right? Because I want this relationship. But why is who I'm attracted to overall a problem? A problem. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So almost like they associate it with like being bisexual as um, I guess, you know, we were talking about stereotypes in, in, in a previous episode, but basically like, oh, okay, if you're bisexual, then you're more likely to cheat when that's not true. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you're most likely to be left for the opposite or the other identified gender when that's not the case. Right. You know, it's literally the same. You know, I, as a member of the LGBT plus community, it's a relationship is a relationship, no matter how you identify. Mm-hmm. And what makes a healthy relationship is the same, no matter how you identify. Right. So at the end of the day, we all come to the table with with history, with the past, with quote unquote baggage. But that doesn't take away from the person that's sitting across from me. That doesn't mean that this person is going to cheat on me. This doesn't mean that this person is going to, you know, immediately jump to, you know, go to the, you know, the other identified gender that they're attracted to. It's literally human to human connection. And you're building a relationship based on who you are, not what you've done. Exactly. Yeah. That's all I got. So, <laughs> okay, um... <laughs> Listen, so fam, our earth lesson for the week is sexuality is fluid and on a spectrum and you are allowed to own and experience your sexuality in whatever way you see fit. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam, remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.